What 16-year-old says make love? No, I don't. I don't know. (laughs) One who's in the closet. (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe I will touch your vagina right here in the hallway. (laughs) Back to you, Bob. And welcome to Back to You, Bob, a Dawson's Creek podcast. We are your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is episode 215, That is the Question, which originally aired on February 17th, 1999. Valentine's is over. This little two-parter hugged right around Valentine's Day. I know. The drama was high. The emotions were high. We're in the dead of winter now. We needed this. We were seasonally depressed. (laughs) Holidays are over. As my coworker says, we are entering the holiday desert. People have off for President's Day and then not again until Memorial Day. Times are bleak. That's so true. Well, thank God it's such a good episode. Thank God. Part two, the drama, the drama. What are we drinking? We'll need alcohol to get through it. Absolutely, we will. We're drinking the Hamlet. It's one ounce of vodka, half ounce of Campari, and two ounces of orange juice. It's a little spin on a screwdriver. A little bitterness from the Campari, but not as bitter as grapefruit juice. I dig it. I like it. A little bitter, a little fruity. It's not the only thing that's fruity. Who are you? A Cape Side High student who's sexually harassing Jack? <laughs> well, now that we have our drink, I'm going to dive into the recap. Do it. We open part two with Pacey, who's watching Jerry Maguire, and he's waiting out his week's suspension at Dawson's house. Dawson brings Pacey his homework and encourages Pacey to apologize to Andy. You know, it's been a week. But Pacey stands by his conviction, just like Jerry Maguire. He did the right thing, and Andy didn't support him. Dawson reminds Pacey that comparing yourself to Jerry Maguire might not be the greatest thing. You know, Jerry did lose everything. Back at school, the rumors about Jack being gay are still going around, but it's been a week, and Joey and Jack are at least joking about it now. Jack and Andy are called to the guidance counselor's office, and they're both a little confused as to why they both would be called until they see their dad. Now, as we know, he doesn't live in Capeside. But Mr. Milo, the guidance counselor, has called him and told him everything that's been going on with Jack. So he decided to come into town from Rhode Island, and he is not happy. So Pacey returns to school after his week's suspension for spitting in Mr. Peterson's face and refusing to apologize. Mr. Peterson tells Pacey and the class that moving forward, grades in this class are now going to be subject to his discretion. And he gives Pacey an F on his poem simply because he does not like it. Pacey asks for some constructive feedback, and Mr. Peterson says, basically, because. So Pacey continues to fight with Andy. He feels like she abandoned him, and she can't get over the fact that he called her weak and insensitive. Neither apologizes. It's a mess. In the meantime, Pacey begins researching all of the state bylaws for educators and gathers testimonies from other students about how Mr. Peterson is in violation of all of them. He tells the principal that there will be a meeting with the school board to determine how to move forward with Mr. Peterson. So while Dawson, Joey, and Jen have a night out with Ty at the jazz club from last episode, the McPhees are out having a stuffy, fancy dinner. And it's clear that Andy lives to impress her father. And it's clear that Jack can't do anything right in his eyes. So Mr. McPhee asks Jack if he is gay. Jack says no. Mr. McPhee is happy to hear that and says that they're done entertaining any of this. The family has enough problems. They're not going to deal with this now. The dad is cold and nasty. 
He diminishes Andy's accomplishments and makes Jack feel even worse. Later, Jack tells Andy that she might be doing all of these things to make their dad proud, but has she ever stopped to ask herself whether she's proud of him? So Jen and Ty have been getting closer, but things hit a snag when he has very conservative values about gay people and says that if Jack is gay, it's because he chooses to be. It leads to a big fight between them, and he says that gay people are ruining the country, and he even cites the Bible. He also tries to enlist Grams for a gang up against Jen, but Grams surprisingly has Jack's back. She says, God and only God will judge. Ty eventually wins Jen back by saying that they should be able to make mistakes and grow together, and she might be liberal and he might be more conservative, but they can help each other grow. So Mr. McPhee announces that he's leaving Cape Side again, and Andy's upset. You know, she's upset that he's abandoning them again. He just got there, and they all need help. Jack tells him not to bother coming back. They have things under control here. It builds to a huge fight between them where Jack screams at his dad and says, ask me, ask me the question again. Ask me if I'm gay. So Jack comes out and confesses that he is. And he says he knows his dad knows. He knows his dad has always known and he could tell by the way he looks at him. He always looked at him differently than the way he looked at Tim, their dead brother. He looked at Tim like he was the real son. Jack cries and says he's held this secret in long enough, but he can't do it anymore. Andy's in tears as well and how much pain her brother is going through. Their dad tells them to both stop crying. Again, very cold. And that is when Andy has her breakthrough. She stands up to her dad, she defends Jack, and she tells her dad to get out and basically don't come back. Jack sees Pacey at school later that day and thanks him for the last few weeks. Pacey then sees Mr. Peterson, who has canceled class for the day. He tells Pacey that he's leaving Cape Side High. He will not appear before the school board and give anyone the satisfaction of telling him what he's been doing wrong for 30 years. He'd rather eat dirt. He's retiring early and Pacey softens a little and apologizes. But Mr. Peterson tells him that what Pacey did to him was one of the most admirable things he's ever done. Don't apologize for it. Mr. Peterson says his job was to teach Pacey and he thinks maybe he taught Pacey something at least. Pacey says the only thing he learned was in order to get respect, you have to show compassion. Mr. Peterson says that Pacey ended his career. Where's the compassion in that? Hinting that maybe after all of this, he actually respects Pacey and what Pacey did for Jack. Now that Pacey and Andy have each had their breakthroughs, they're able to come together and finally apologize. They actually fight and bicker in their pandy way about how they each feel the other doesn't owe an apology. And they each tell the other that they should shut up and let the other apologize. Jack meets Joey for a romantic date that she's been planning on the dock, and he tells her that he told his father that he was gay this morning. She asks him if he is, and he tearfully confesses that yes, he is gay. He says the poem brought out something in him that has been quiet for a very long time. He doesn't want to hurt Joey, but he knows he needs to do this, and he needs her as a friend. Joey is very upset, but she understands. Dawson and Joey, meanwhile, they've been getting closer you know, she turns to him a few times throughout the episode, first for a fun night out to the jazz club. Then afterwards, she asks him if there's something wrong with her. She asks him if she's sexual. It appears the Jack thing has really done a number on her self-esteem. And then at the end of the episode, after Jack has come out, she crawls into bed with Dawson. And that is how we end episode 215. That is the question. A very familiar scene, Dawson and Joey in Dawson's bed. In bed. I mean, goes back to the cold open of the pilot absolutely it's her north star it draws her it's where she goes speaking of the pilot this episode was written by kevin williamson and greg berlanti obviously kevin williamson the showrunner of the show and we talked last week about how he specifically reached out to greg berlanti to kind of oversee this jack storyline so greg wrote the last episode and then the two of them came together to write this episode 
It was directed by Gregory Prang, who you probably recognize the name. He was a producer all last season. He is a producer with us this season, and he's actually on as a producer through the duration of the series. He's actually more of a producer than he is a director. He directs 16 episodes of Dawson's, including the series finale, which is a fun fact. So we'll be talking a lot about him. He was also a producer on the entirety of One Tree Hill, and he directed 31 episodes of that series. So he seems to be like a long haul guy. He's not that director that we usually talk about that does one episode here, one episode there, and kind of bounces around to all the popular series at the time. He he kind of lands on a show, produces, and directs. Yeah, that's awesome. He does the series finale. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I thought it was interesting. He actually started as an editor who specialized in TV movies in the 90s, which I don't know about you, but I watched so many TV movies. Was that something you were into? Yeah, I mean they were they had their big moment in the nineties. Those they really MO- did. MOWs, movies of the week. Movies of the week, and I remember like they would always be putting in whoever the hot star was. Like I remember there were a lot of them with Tiffany Amber Thiessen in them. I remember one specifically where her best friend killed her, and they like found her in a lake. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, you said Tiffany Amber Thiessen because my mind went to like Tori Spelling and like Susan Lucci. I have no idea why, but I remember Tori Spelling was in one. No, total. I feel like everybody was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They were big. It, they would advertise them for weeks too. Like weeks Yes. And you'd be like, I have to watch this because you couldn't record. I mean, you, I guess you could if you're good at a VCR like you. But personally, I was like, I can't take my chances. I have to be at home in front of the TV. It was, they were a moment. They were good. They were a little thrill. A lot of them are like thrillers. Yes. It was kind of like true crime before true crime. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them were based on true stories. And now it's just like... They've all given way to Hallmark and Lifetime. Yeah. And I know people like those, but I just, I don't know. I can't really get into them. I feel like podcasts kind of took over that space. Like they scratched that itch for me, at least. Well, I love all of his credits. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He must have been familiar with the area between 30 episodes of One Tree Hill and I know 16 of Dawson's Creek. Well, who shall we give the guest cast shout out to this week? I'm going to give the guest cast shout out to David Dukes, who plays Mr. McPhee. He is with us for seven episodes across the series. He's in this episode and one more this season. He's in three episodes next season, and he is in two episodes for season four. He is, I mean, it's a very intense role, and I think he did a really great job with it. He is a very accomplished actor. He has 97 credits. He started in the... Early 70s. And it's funny because when I Googled him and then I clicked on his IMDb, I was like, oh, no, this isn't the right guy. This guy's too young because he has like a much younger photo, but it's kind of like a timeless younger photo. Like I thought it was a current photo of a young actor. But no, it's him. He was a cutie patootie. He's a good looking guy. He's a very big accomplished actor. I remember when he passed away. He actually passed away, I think, when season five or six was airing. So they, you know, at the end of the episode, it said like in memory of. Yeah. I remember that. That was a big deal. He was a. We've talked about how they do such a good job casting the parents. Totally. You have a picture in your head and then you see the person and you're like, oh, wow. He's super cute. He's a great actor. And I'm looking forward to continuing to see him. There's not really too much of note. He had like a lot of movies, a lot of one episode here, one episode there. He has a few long running stints. Like he had 27 episodes of the show, The Mommies, but I don't know that show, so... Not too much to talk about on my end there. He gives me like a New York play 
theater actor vibe. Agreed. Well, he brought it. He killed it. The emotions were high. We said it at the beginning and we'll keep talking about it, but he really stirs the pot. What about the music moments? I don't really have anything for this episode, do you? I don't. Yeah, it's weird because there's some great artists on the roster, but I have to say none of the moments really stand out in my memory, I guess. I think that's a testament to the acting, though, the acting and the directing. Like it really was the strongest moments of the episode were strictly because of what the characters were doing. Yeah, there's a song that plays at the end by Beth Nielsen Chapman, who actually was the season one finale song. And that has a little bit of a memory, like a seed of a memory when it's the montage at the end when Andy and Jack are hugging and Dawson and Joey are in bed. And there's a little twinge of a memory there, but it's not something that's like, oh, yes, totally. However, they will all be on our Spotify playlist. Absolutely. Updated weekly. (laughs) We've got more of the Devlins, which is always a strong one for the series. We've got Beth Nielsen Chapman. The Coors. Irish pop group, The Coors. Irish pop group. Is that why you said updated weekly? (laughs) Maybe it is, subconsciously. (laughs) Uh, What about past versus present? The only thing that I really picked up on and it's probably because I know where his storyline is going, but Ty is so gaslighty. So there's this whole bit where he talks about Jack being gay and obviously him and Jen bump up against each other on that. And then they come back together at the end of the episode and he says, what we can't disagree, like if you think that what I think is wrong, then like educate me, show me what you think your opinion is. I'm open-minded. And he is the least open-minded guy (laughs) In the coming episodes, he proves that he is not an open-minded person and that Jen really had no hope of changing his mind on anything. So him just being like, no, totally. Just like, let me know. We can disagree. We can like have a dialogue. No, get out of here. Yeah, he really gives me the ick and he always did. Like, this is not one of those things where I ever liked him. And then I just, he gives me the creeps again. Like, I don't know if it's his look or his style. He kind of gives me that. Icky, sleazy, yeah. Trash. None for me, thank you. Do you have any past first present? I don't believe I do. You know, I think it's because I've seen this episode so many times over the years. I don't think anything's really standing out. Sometimes you need to get like smacked in the face with like the 1998, 1999 of it all for it to register as a past versus present. But I can't think of anything. Fair enough. We talked about a little bit last episode. Joey's reaction is a little, she's a little short and bitter at the end when Jack comes out, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of sniping him a little, which I don't know, would we be allowed to do today? Maybe? I don't know. I feel like she asked him straight up last episode. And I know that in her mind, she's like, you've just been stringing me along when really he was figuring it out for himself. It's not like he was like actively knowing how it was going to play out but i can see her thinking like oh you've just been like using me to figure it out or not even figure it out like keep face in school and stuff yeah save face Uh, not keep a beard a A beard beard. exactly well i mean he loved art a little too much let's be honest (laughs) so shall we open it up let's open it up what do you got okay cold open they're watching jerry Maguire and pacey is Staying there for the week, refuses to go home because he doesn't want to hear his dad, you know, berate him any further. And he tells Dawson that he wants the bed. And Dawson's like, no. And he's like, Joey gets the bed. And Dawson's like, don't go there. I just thought it was a really cute moment. They're browing out. They are browing out. And I love Jerry Maguire. And 
There's no way that was cheap for them to license. I know, because they show clips. They show a bunch of clips on the TV. I actually just watched that a few months ago on a plane. How was it? It holds up. I really liked it. I used to love that movie. Love. But Dawson says, you know, Jerry had a rough go of it. You know, maybe you shouldn't compare yourself to Jerry. Maybe you should do the opposite and swallow your pride. Yeah, I have to say Dawson's playing it oddly cool this episode. He's got his head on straight. Yeah, he's being a supportive friend. He wants Pacey to make up with Andy. But not even just to Pacey, like Pacey, Jen, Joey. I feel like he's pretty supportive to everybody, which is usually not his MO, as we've discussed, where he's usually like, how is this affecting me? Yes, because he's there for Pacey. He tells Jen something about Ty. He gives Jen some type of dating advice. We'll get there. He even tells Joey he thinks that she should play in a little romantic thing for Jack which ends up getting canceled because his dad wants to take him out to dinner. And that's why Joey, Dawson, and Jen all end up together at the jazz club. But he does suggest to Joey that she planned something nice for Jack. Yeah. What a guy. Maybe he's growing. He just might be. He just might be. I found it super relatable in the scene where Pacey goes back to school and he and Dawson are sitting in the cafeteria and Dawson's like, go talk to Andy. Pacey finally goes over and talks to her. And I found it so relatable, that feeling of like wanting to reconcile with somebody, but both of you still are angry and like don't see your fault at all. So there was zero chance that they were going to come together. Like they were both still like, hey, so like just looking at each other, waiting for the other person to apologize kind of thing. I found that very relatable. They thought they were about to get their apology. Yeah. Not today. Who do you think needed to apologize? I think both of them. I think how it played out in the end was kind of how it should have been. What about you? I think she owes him more of an apology than he owes her because he was just reacting to her lack of support. So it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing. You know, if she if she supported him, I don't think he would have anything to apologize for. I also just don't know if he did anything that wrong. His his was more of an observation. Yeah. Hers was more of a judgment on his character. She was basically like, don't be stupid. Don't take the suspension, apologize. And he was like, no, I'm standing in my conviction. She was like, no, you're being stupid. And he was kind of judging her for not supporting her brother, saying that she would be disappointed if her brother was gay. So to me, I don't really know what he did wrong. I think he was more apologizing. And I maybe I'm misremembering it, but I feel like he was apologizing for just being like maybe more of the aftermath of like not calling her or not because they didn't talk for a whole week. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think I said it last episode, but I do think that she was more in the wrong for sure. I love when she says, I'm glad she came to say hello. But hello is typically followed by one thing. Goodbye. Yes. Slammed her little book. Got up and walked away. Jen's hair in the one scene where she's making out with Ty outside is bananas. Cuckoo bananas. (laughs) We've talked about how her and Dawson have identical hair. Like her hair is pretty close to Ty's hair too. I was like, what is the deal? I know. Insane. Hate it. All right. I need to talk about the Joey Jack scene at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So Jack is holding Joey's purse and someone says, nice purse McPhee. So he gets harassed a little bit. And then they're joking about all of the gay stuff. Jack says, you know, maybe to prove everyone wrong, I should make love to you right here. He says they should maybe throw a coming in party. And then Joey's like, ha ha, get to class straight boy. (laughs) I just wanted to make note of those three interactions. So awkward. The whole coming in conversation. I was like, cool. Cool idea, Jack. What 16 year old says make love? No, I don't. 
I don't know. <laughs> One who's in the closet. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe I will touch your vagina right here in the hallway. <laughs> that was so bizarre to me, but she loved it. He's charming her. <laughs> she ate it up. Yeah, I mean, good for him. <laughs> Wild. I mean, they're over it. They worked through it. <laughs> they're on the other side of it. <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, and that's the scene also where once Jack leaves, Dawson comes in and says he wants to help Joey play the surprise for Jack. And she prints up a little dinner menu and gives it to Jack and is like, pick your favorites or let me know. Yeah, I think about my, like how competent I was with a computer in high school. And there was no world where I was like typing up. She put a lot of effort into that in 1999. You did. Look, she's... She's she's a whiz on the old Adobe. <laughs> she sure is. Maybe it's from her art classes. Maybe they taught her like a yeah, like clip art. <laughs> yeah, it's a cute idea. It's all going according to Joey and Dawson's plan until Mister McVie comes to town and Jack can't hang out that night. Yes. So Andy and Jack running into each other in the hallway, and it's Mister Milo, right? Who Andy says yes. she's going to see. Yeah. And Jack's like, oh, I'm going to see Mr. Milo. And they walk in and there is Mr. McPhee in his power suit. And Andy runs up to him with open arms. And Daddy! She says daddy a lot this episode. Yeah, she does. She's Andy. Jack and his dad hate each other. Like they're, the looks they give each other. It's very clear. They are not happy to see each other. At all. The glares are real wild i also think it's interesting because obviously they call him because of everything that's happening with jack and they couldn't get a hold of mrs mcphee but don't you think that they probably andy and jack probably heard like voicemails and stuff yeah andy's like i've been taking the calls for mom and i've been throwing him off the scent but maybe i missed that part okay okay got it they've been doing their best but tiktok time's up Time's up, bitches. What do we think about Mr. Peterson telling Pacey in the class, I could just fail you if I don't like you, basically? That was wild. I mean, he's the worst. But just to admit it in front of everybody. I think that he has played his career very loose in that regard and hasn't faced any consequences. So he just, he's rolling with it. He was doubling down. Yeah. That he didn't anticipate that Pacey was going to be motivated enough to go to the library and read a whole book about the codes. Yeah. Pacey goes to the library. He gets the state bylaws. He gets testimonies from 20 students. And he's going to take down Mr. Peterson. Just like Jerry Maguire took down that giant agency. Jay Moore. Yeah. I found something really funny online. You know those shows how they used to like go to the website for bonus footage like mm-hmm. you could read a character's diary, but it was all like online content. I guess Dawson's had a feature or like a tab on their website that was called Dawson's Trash. And you could basically read what was in Dawson's, you know, little trash can. And it was like love notes to Joey or his journal or stuff like that or scripts or whatever. So in this one, the interactive feature of the week was on Dawson's desktop. You could read Pacey's emails to Andy throughout the week. Yeah. So this one says, 2A McPhee from P. Witter. Andy. All right, here it is. The Pacey Witter apology. Though technically, I think you should apologize to me for not standing by me through all this. Okay, probably not the best approach. Then there was another one. 
to a McPhee from Pewitter. Okay, can we just call a truce? Maybe if we just kind of extracted right and wrong from the equation, we could just declare neutrally and progress with our relationship. I want you in my life, and this week without you sucked. Very classy, Witter. This week without you sucked? Never mind. I don't know. Just, That's kind of funny. I used to love stuff like that. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm a true fan because every week I read Dawson's trash. <laughs> yeah, it's like you couldn't. I think it was called Dawson's Desktop. Maybe it was just in his trash, but whatever. I used to love that stuff. It's like, oh, supplemental content. A little something extra. Yeah, yeah. totally. At dinner, the McPhee dinner, mm-hmm. Andy is telling her dad everything she's been doing. You know, I made honor roll. He says, you always make honor roll. He's really diminishing her. And then he tells Jack, you're the only son I have now. You don't have Tim to hide behind anymore. People notice you now. Yeah. Okay. Brutal. Brutal. And he basically says, are you gay? And Jack says, would you care? And then the dad says that. And the dad basically says, there are problems that we can control and there are problems that we can't. This is one we can control. So basically resolve this, stay in the closet. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Tighten up. Great scene though. (sighs) Really good scene. My mom. So. I had to go to my parents last week and I asked my mom if she wanted to watch this episode with me because I was prepping for this and she had never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek. This was the first episode of Dawson's Creek that she sat down and watched. Her takeaways were, this is a very intense episode. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I I did pick an intense one for you to start with. But her other big takeaway was Andy. And at one point, I think it was right after this scene when they're at home, Andy's standing there and she goes, she is a wacko. <laughs> the one where she's crying and kicks the dad out? Yeah, yeah. She's feelings. But the whole episode, every time Andy was on screen, because Andy is very, she's like a little kid in this one. She's giddy almost to see her dad and like yeah. very like, daddy, oh my God, I'm doing so good and everything's so great and I can't wait for you to come back. And you know how she goes on her like rambly tangents. Yeah. And props to Meredith Monroe because she was 29. I know. I know. Andy has those moments kind of interspersed throughout. But this episode, it was like a lot of concentrated Andy feeling a little bit wacky. So I was like, yeah, she is a wacko. There is. She is a wacko. The other thing. So since I brought up that scene, I just will continue with it. I didn't really pick up on the fact that that whole scene, the whole scene where Jack has a very emotional coming out to his father and to Andy all happens before school. And then he just goes to school. He just shows up at school. Like one, how early are these people waking up? Andy's waking up early enough to prepare herself a grapefruit and sit down at the table. I was running out the door to high school i did not have an extra minute to spare it's so funny i thought about all of these things in like the exact order that you did so i just bought like andy probably could wake up at 6 30 do homework study totally and then jack is like running down the stairs kind of late like you're saying like we all were <laughs> i don't think i realized it either that it was before school i kind of thought it was the next day because jack kind of has next day energy in the school scene he does yeah Like a completely different vibe, but he's wearing the exact same shirt. Like he slept really well after an exhausting night or didn't sleep at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. 
because first thing in the morning, he kisses Joey and he's like, okay. She asks if they can hang out that night. And he's like, yeah. And he has this sense of like, I've come to terms with what I have to do and I will do it late. Like there is no, if I cried the amount that Jack cried before school, I would be like red faced, snot nosed, like it takes me a while to recover physically from a cry like that. I used that. to cry before school all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it shocks me that you didn't. Isn't that just normal? It was when Jack at the end on his day with Joey says, I came out to my dad this morning. I was like, huh? Is that when you realized it? I realized it when I was watching with my mom and he walks into frame in the hallway and I was like, oh, he's wearing the exact same outfit. Oh my God, this was all before school. Oh, Okay. I didn't notice. And my mom was like, I can't believe he went to school. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I thought it was a good Jack episode. I feel like, I think it's a combination of things. Everything he was saying felt really true and grounded to me, mm-hmm. which is obviously a more a combination of Kevin and Greg, I'm assuming, pulling from their own experiences and like their own feelings and thoughts. And then Kerr Smith just really, I thought he did a good job with it. Yeah. Absolutely. He's always good. But he had a lot of heavy emotional yeah. stuff. Anger, sadness. He had a little range of emotions in this Guilt. One. A lot of guilt. I totally agree. He killed it. <laughs> Sorry. I was just thinking, what do you think Mrs. McPhee was doing? It's <laughs> just sitting upstairs. Uh, What's going on downstairs? <laughs> hmm, probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably out in the garden in her nightgown. <laughs> Touching all the leaves. Touching the leaves. Uh, Cutting basil. I don't know. She's probably down at the market. <laughs> oh, no. Waiting in line. Poor thing. <laughs> Poor thing. What about the scene with Joey, Jen, Dawson, and Ty at the jazz club? And Ty says, four usuals. And Joey says, what's a usual? Or Dawson says, what's the usual? And he says, a stiff surprise. And Joey and Dawson then order Cokes. I wrote down multiple things about this. Ty sucks. Sucks. So much. We've already talked about it. (laughs) He's so gross. There's a moment when Ty is then pulled up onto stage to play piano, which is ridiculous. Major ick to him. Like, (laughs) yeah, like the way he's looking. But I thought it was so nice. That little scene of Jen, Joey and Dawson hanging out and talking about their lives and like joking about Joey's like, my boyfriend might be gay. And Dawson's like, I'm sitting here with two girls who broke up with me. I thought that was a really cute scene. Yeah, he says, here I am sandwiched between two women that both dumped me. That's cute. And Jen is like, I'm dating some Bible thumper. And Joey's like, my boyfriend might be gay. Also, I don't want to belabor this point because I feel like we've talked about it a lot. But really, they drink so much soda on this show. I know. And I think, like, I remember soda being a big thing but i feel like no one really drinks soda now so it's like very noticeable to me on tv i mean i mean i love my coke zero as discussed but it's it's <laughs> right. canon but do you think teenagers drink soda now i i don't know i think so all of our teen listeners right i know there are so many of you i know a few like 13 year old like my niece like they like coke regular but not it's a treat you know, it's not like uh Yeah. Like we were drinking Coke every night at dinner. Every night, every day, lunch, breakfast, dinner. <laughs> all day, all night. In Coke, bed. Cherry Coke. Brush my teeth. Have a Coke <laughs> Diet in bed. Coke. Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Birch beer, root beer. Sprite. <laughs> You're sick, you get ginger ale. 
Yeah, I mean, it was disgusting. I feel like we see like a two liter a day. Yeah, it's wild. What a time. Well, anyway, Joey and Dawson are being boring <laughs> and drinking Cokes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I'm not sober shaming. Just a Coke for me, please. Just going back to what you said about when Ty gets up and plays. I wrote down, I hate Ty in his stupid wide collared <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I hate him. I hate he's him. disgusting. He's everything I hate. He thinks he's the best at everything. He reminds me of Billy from season one. Billy Conrad. Yeah. And I wonder if now that's deliberate. Like Jenna's a type like sleazy, jazzy. Leather jacket wearing. Yeah. I was just going to say leather jacket, weird hair. Could be. And then Ty starts being like, Jack chose to be gay. They, they do the whole duck metaphor, which I'll let you explain. And Jen is like, are you serious? You are judging Jack? You think it's a choice to be gay? Yeah. Dawson and Joey are dancing. So it's just Jen and Ty at the table. And Ty is like, I don't understand. They're such a cute couple. Why isn't she with Dawson instead of that fruit fly? Isn't that what he yeah. first says? Something like yeah. that. And Jen is like, what? And they have a, a conversation about choice and how it's a choice. And she's like, we don't even know if Jack is gay. And he's like, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Which that whole little bit, I hated because I hate him and I don't like what he's saying. But the part that really pushed my buttons was when they returned to Jen's house later that night. And so... Jen and Ty are sitting at the table and Grams is there in the kitchen and Grams offers Ty a glass of milk, which really made me laugh. <laughs> Whoever is like, would you like a glass of milk? Grams. What a specific That's thing. so Grams. So funny. But then they, they revive the conversation and Ty brings Grams into the conversation by saying, what is the, what scripture... Yeah, he wants, well, he wants to know what book the like anti-gay rhetoric from the Bible is. And she starts to answer and Jen is like, I don't want you guys ganging up on me. And Ty starts going again and Grams comes over and starts to speak again. And Jen again is like, I don't want you ganging up on me. And she goes, my criticism is not for you, <laughs> Jennifer. It's for Ty. <laughs> and it's not the first time that I like or appreciate Grams, but th this stands out to me as like a really great Grams moment. Yeah. I just remember it really yeah, well. Yeah, me too. I, I was like waiting for her to jump in. And she basically says, you know, if he is gay, God will judge him. He doesn't need you to judge him. You're not perfect. He must feel alone. And what he needs from us is understanding. And someone more experienced than you will judge him. And Ty is like, huh? I just want to talk about ducks. I thought you were going to agree with and me. And he says the gay movement is morally wrong for the country. He said that? Yeah. Did not pick up on that. He is not here for it. Hate him. We talked about the coming out scene, right? Where they were crying. We didn't talk about it in depth. We can go back. I just thought it was a good moment when Andy had a breakthrough in the stair scene. She's on board now. Totally. She's on Team Jack. And it's like a runner that we haven't really touched on through the episode is Andy is like, we need dad. We need him to come back. We need to like be nice to him. We need to make him realize that this is the place he wants to be. We need him here. We need him here. And Jack is like, he's not coming back. So we need to get over it. We don't need him. It's not worth. And she's like, no, like she doesn't want Jack to 
basically be pushing up against the dad because she thinks that that means that the dad won't stay. Mm-hmm. So when it all comes to this crescendo in the stair scene before school, the dad is about to leave and says he'll be back in a few weeks. And Jack gets between him and the door and he's like, ask me again, referring to when he asked him at dinner if he was gay. And it comes to the point where Jack says, I'm gay. And there's just a big blow up. And that's kind of the moment when Andy is like, oh, dad sucks. Like, it's like a switch flips in her brain. It's a really good little bit of acting, I felt like, by Meredith Monroe. Yes, Jack planted the seed earlier. You know, you do all of this stuff to get his approval. But like, what does he do to get your approval? You try so hard to make him proud of you, but are you proud of him? So she's watching this all go down now with that in her head. You know, is she is this guy screaming at his gay son something she could really defend or be proud of? And it is not. The answer is no. She's not here for it. But I like how it connects. So later when she goes to apologize to Pacey, she says, you know, I'm sorry because I tried to mold you into my knight in shining armor. And I tend to do that with people. I like to mold people into people who could save me because I'm scared of like what I am and I'm scared of myself, but I realized that I don't like a knight in shining armor. Like she was kind of doing that to her dad. Right. She thought the dad would come and save them. And she realized it's not up to the dad to save them. Like they could save themselves. And then she realized that she was doing that to Pacey. That was a good little connection. I mean, very deep, I feel for a teen show. Absolutely. Kind of like a nuanced little connection. Definitely. We love that. And it was really nice to see her after the last episode where she was kind of waffling with Jack and her feelings about if he were to be gay. It was really good to see her embrace him and just like be there and tell the dad to get out. Because the dad, you can tell that the dad holds Andy in high regard. Like he's, Andy is not his problem with the situation. He definitely likes Andy. So I think it really, it did have an impact on him when she was like, get out and don't come back. Yeah. He felt that. Yeah. I'm excited to kind of follow this journey a little more now. The dad and how he comes back. And I was in seven episodes and I'm going to watch that with a closer eye this time. The Jack, Mr. McPhee journey. Absolutely. Mr. Peterson's retiring, thanks to Pacey, and they kind of all respect each other. And that was also, I feel, very deep. It was. I thought it was ballsy of Pacey. Like, basically, they all try to go to class, and it's like, oh, class is canceled. Go to study hall. There was a sign on the door that said, go to study hall. And Pacey's walking by, and he sees Mr. Peterson sitting alone in a classroom, but he just opens the door and goes in and starts a conversation with him. I thought that was ballsy as hell. Yeah. Pacey's like, what's going on? (laughs) Give me answers. Why aren't you educating me? I've changed. He's like, "Uh, look, I know I'm trying to get you fired, but like, what's the deal? (laughs) Don't withhold education from me. I want to learn about poems. Teach me about poems. So Mr. Peterson says, I'm retiring early. I refuse to let these parents and school board tell me how terrible I am. And Pacey apologizes. And Mr. Peterson says, what the hell is wrong with you? This was like the one admirable thing you've done in your whole stupid life. Don't apologize for it. Pacey's like, what is your deal? And Mr. Peterson says something on the way out that implies that he respects Pacey, even though Pacey destroyed his career, basically. Yeah, I think an asshole has respect when people push back on them. Yeah, and this is the first successful takedown of Pacey's where he's changed someone's opinion of him successfully like this guy might represent his dad you know everyone in Cape Side who put him in this little loser box true true Pacey's real first win he needed it 
since Andy's changed him. I think that's all I have. The only other thing I wrote down, which I already said, but just to bring it back to the end, is Dawson is playing it oddly cool for him. And like, especially when he's dancing with Joey, like he's kind of implying to her that he's like thinking that he wants to be with her, but he doesn't come out and say it. He doesn't press the issue. When she comes over at night, he just kind of embraces her. He doesn't try to have a conversation. Like he's very much so just along for the ride in this moment in a good way, in a very un-Dawson way. I agree with you. Case closed. We'll take it. It's been a rough season for him. It's been hard to watch him. It has. So we're going to we're gonna take that win. Take the W. Something of note, something that we should note, is that after this episode, we have 100 episodes left of the series. Wow. A little interesting milestone. Crazy. The countdown is on. It's like 100 days left of school when the kids... <laughs> We went and saw 101 Dalmatians in the movie theater one day on the, or maybe it was on the hundredth day of school, not a hundred days left. Never mind. Forget I said anything. That was well plotted out by your teacher, whoever. Yeah. Better teacher than Mr. Peterson. <laughs> Mr. Peterson could never. Shall we do a creek speak? Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Fushes, fushes. <laughs> Michelle Williams is going to win that Grammy for best audiobook. On her way to an EGOT. Yeah, she'll be an, an EG egg. She just needs that Oscar. She's been nominated like 10 times. And her husband's a Broadway guy. Maybe he could get her some sort of Tony. Oh, for get sure. Get her a Tony winning role. I feel like Tony's like easy to get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on what your what your thing is. Like Jennifer Hudson was made for an EGOT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Foshes, foshes. Let's do a Greek speak already. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. I've got one here. It is five stars from Shextasy on Apple Podcasts. It says, I watched this show as a kid growing up in Boston. I remember really liking it. But to be honest, I don't remember the show too well now. This podcast is a really fun listen with great banter and energy. They've inspired me to give the series a rewatch. You should. Yeah, you should. Holding up so far. Holding up. I wonder how many people are actually rewatching and how many people are just listening to your recaps. Because I feel like the recaps jog in your memory what happened in the episode. Yeah, a few people. I know a few people who like to listen before they watch. And then I know a few people like will not listen until they watch. All right. Should we do a Dawson's Draft? Let's do a Dawson's Draft. What's our category this week? This week, our category is Best LGBTQ Characters, which is very fitting, considering the episode we just watched. LGBTQ AI plus slash queer. (laughs) Q is queer. Yeah, well, queer is (laughs) is the catch-all term. I know, but LGBTQ, queer. Yeah. Questioning? I don't know. Oh, yeah, the Q is questioning. I don't know. Someone said like LGBTQ is like an outdated. We don't say that. We say queer. Who knows? You can't keep up with the. We're trying to. We're allies. We're, <laughs> we're trying to be sensitive. We're just old. We're just old. We're just 40. All right. So who goes first this week? I go first this week. Oh, my God. And I have to take our boy, Jack McPhee. It's obvious why we just went through his journey and his journey will only continue from here. And we love him. Well, he was on mine, so I will cross him off. For my number one, no, I'm going to go with the comedy. I don't usually go with comedies, okay? but I'm going to go with Max from Happy Endings. 
because yes it's a comedy but i thought he broke the mold of what a queer character should look like and he was a little more heavy set and he wasn't he's a little bit of a mess yeah he wasn't that stereotypical metrosexual fashionista kind of gay and i always think of him when i think of gay characters i think of him probably first or second so i do too he was on my list too oh boy i think i'm gonna take callie torres from gray's anatomy watching her little journey of realizing she was bi and like the first time her and Erica both, Erica Hahn on Grey's Anatomy, both were like, oh, I might be into a woman. That whole journey just was really something I hadn't seen so slowly played out before, I guess. And I don't know, I just love her. She was on mine too. And I love, I love Callie. And I love, I think Sara Ramirez gets a really bad rap now because of And Just Like That. But I don't really hate her on Just Like That. I more hate what the writers are doing to the character, how they're forcing the character on us but i think when the character is used in small doses i think the character is pretty good actually but yeah i just love her love love callie and i forgot about dr erica han erica han was great for my number two i'm gonna go with connor for how to get away with murder okay did you have him i didn't (laughs) because kind of the same reason for max I, i feel like he was you know not so sidekicky and wasn't a sense of comedic relief. They played him more for dark and edgy and brooding. And I loved how to get it with murder. I was hooked. And Connor and Oliver were a big part of that. Well, Connor wasn't on my list, but Oliver <laughs> sure was. So I'm going to take him for my number three. He kind of the same things. He's like a super nerdy guy in the start. You don't really know what his character is going to be. He's HIV positive, right? Yeah, he becomes HIV positive in season two, I believe. And the way that they tackled that storyline, I remember being like, you know, trying to remove the stigma from it a little bit. I always like how they handled the HIV because you don't really see that as a storyline a lot these days. And the disease has changed so much over the years and the way they tackled it. I mean, it was a big thing, but it wasn't a death sentence. It Mm -hmm. wasn't ending their relationship. Mm -hmm. They still had a lot of sex scenes, you know, it didn't. Yeah, because it's not a death sentence. and Anymore, it's not... right. And yeah. they really dealt with it in a refreshing new way, I thought. They put a new spin on it. Agreed. I love Oliver. Same. For my third character, you know, I've talked a lot about this show. I'm going to go with Victor from Love, Victor. You have talked a lot about this He's show. just so charming and cute. And a lot of people are kind of overcoming out shows and stories. And that the whole premise of that show is coming out. And I'm really glad it got made. <laughs> Coming out is still really difficult for a lot of people. And I love the way that the show handled it. It was such a good show. I miss it. I think I'm going to take Ricky from my so-called life. I just remember... The OG. The OG. And when I was looking up characters, I didn't realize that that made him Wilson Cruz, who played him, the first openly gay actor in an openly gay role, which I think is really crazy and cool. But he had just such a deep emotional storyline but also was like the best friend like i don't know i just remember really loving his character i haven't rewatched that show in a really long time though you should because it's only 19 episodes one season it's very easy and yeah he was definitely on my consideration list i think the fun fact of him being the first openly gay actor to play an openly gay character kind of pushed it to the top of my list for some reason he still pops up on shows and he looks exactly the same exactly i don't know his name so i just say oh that's ricky from (laughs) yeah wilson cruz right right i just learned it ricky was so good for my number four i'm going to go with 
Electra from Pose. Not a lot of people watch Pose, but you absolutely should. It is so good. I know those Ryan Murphy shows sometimes get a bad rap because they start out strong and then they kind of get less strong over time. I think Pose was one of the shows that really held up overall, I believe, three seasons. So Electra was a black trans character. She was one of the mothers of her house. So she had the house of Evangelista. I believe she started another house, House of Abundance, and she was just super sassy, kind of a villain at times, super scene stealery. That show was kind of also groundbreaking and it had so many trans characters, but to stand out among that cast, I think is pretty incredible. So I added her to my list. She was very funny. All right. My last pick, I think I'm going to take David Rose from Schitt's Creek. He's just so funny, so modern, so unapologetically himself in all aspects. A lot of people love that wine analogy scene. Where he's yeah. explaining to Stevie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because he doesn't even identify as gay. That's not his thing, right? No like labels. Fan or no labels. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that scene where he was like, sometimes I like white wine and sometimes I like red wine, but I just don't like the label or some, you know. Yeah, that was well, because there's like a weird vibe between him and Stevie. Stevie's his like female best friend in the show. And yeah. she's like, what's happening here? And he's like, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. I just like who I like. It's just a great show. And he's... To me, the standout. I know a lot of people love Moira, but I love David. Yeah. Love him. Love him, love him. So for my fifth, I'm going to pick Alice from the L Word in the L Word Generation Q. So the L Word was, um, I believe, like a late 90s, early 2000s series on Showtime and then just had a spinoff reboot about Mm -hmm. three or four years ago called Generation Q. She was on both series. So she's technically bi. She's just, again, like so funny, so scene stealery. In the new one, she's basically like Ellen. The show takes place in LA. And in between the two series, she got just super famous in pop culture world and has a talk show, talk show, podcast, a book. She's like a famous LA by celebrity. And uh, in the new one, she has a relationship with Donald Faison. But in the old one, she was one half of one of the big couples. And then something happens, which I won't spoil because everyone should watch L Word because it was so good. I still think L Word is like one of the best first seasons of a show I've ever seen. It was just so well plotted out and structured. Nip Tuck and L Word are always the two shows that I think have two of the best first seasons. And so I wanted to get someone by on the list. Awesome. My list is Jack from Dawson's Creek, Callie from Grey's Anatomy, Oliver from How to Get Away with Murder, Ricky from My So-Called Life, and David from Shit's Creek. My list is Max from Happy Endings, Connor from How to Get Away with Murder, Victor from Love Victor, Electra from Pose, and Alice from The L Word. All right. I think that's it. That was episode 215, second episode of our two-parter. That is the question. Yeah. So for next week, what is our Dawson's drink? Next week, we are drinking a rum and Coke for episode 216, Be Careful What You Wish For. So you'll need rum. And you'll need Coke. We're basically living on the set of Dawson's Creek drinking Cokes. I know. I love when it's easy like that. And I don't have to do measurements. Oh, yeah. We measure with your heart. Well. That's it. That's it. That's all she wrote for this one. But Jack is gay. We have 100 episodes left. We're cruising. Things are happening. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. All right. Peace out. Bye. Bye.